0: all right we ready for the word awesome awesome hey um you know what i'm, I'm gonna do something different today i just i kind of feel led to read the entire uh, scripture that we're gonna cover then we're gonna go back over it as we uh teach this morning how's everyone doing out there today <laughs> doing good doing good doing good looking good out there um We are in our third week of a series entitled Remain, based out of John 15. And uh, we are day uh, 14 of our 21-day fast. Going good? Going good for you? Good, good. 5.30 a.m. prayer calls going good for you? Good, good, good. All right, we didn't get too many there, but... uh, (laughs) Good, good. About two or three of y'all. All Um, all right, cool. Uh, Good. Please join us. If you haven't joined us yet... Uh, This fast has been amazing. Um, We have uh, uh, one more week to go. So join us um, for the fast. Uh, If you don't have a remain devotional, please reach out to one of our leaders, uh, Kyra, Chris, um, anyone that you may see in the hallway. Um, Ask them how you can get your hands on that devotional. And uh, fasting is all about denying yourself so that you can get in the presence of God. And um, God honors your fasting. And uh, we'll, we'll dig through some more of that here this morning. You know what? Um, I'm going to do this. John 15, uh, Andrea, when I do verse 9, skip to 10 through 11, if you can see that there. Um, and then let's go here. John 15, verse 9, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And he says this. He says, I, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. This is very interesting to me because Jesus, Jesus knew that the reason he was born was to die. He came to die. He came to give himself 24-7 365 um, he came to be beaten to be slaughtered to be spat on he received a a crown of thorns for for our sins and it's interesting he says this here I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy yes your joy will overflow this so I'm gonna die I'm gonna be beaten I have to be perfect because Adam and Eve jacked the whole deal up. Um, Moses messed it up. Joshua messed it up. David messed it up. And I have to, I got to correct what we've all messed up. Um, how many people understand pressure? Now, that, that's pressure. Paying your bills is not pressure. Being in the red in your bank account is not pressure. That person that left your life that needed to leave your life is not pressure. Pressure is dying on the cross for the sins of humanity and knowing that every second of your life you have to be perfect. Now that's pressure, but in the midst of that, having joy is very, very uh, counterintuitive there. And so today I want to bring us a message entitled A Formula for Fulfillment. A formula for fulfillment. You know, it's not, it's not God's will for you to be tossed back and forth by the, uh, the circumstances of life. Um, there is a difference between happiness and joy, right? You can even see it in the, in the prefix there. Happy is, is, is directly correlated to happenings, meaning that um, so many of us, we get excited, rightfully so, when it's vacation time. so We don't mind going to work for that last week, right? Because we know uh, Friday night, our vacation starts for the next two weeks. You know, we're going to the Caribbeans or we're going to see family or we're going to spend a lot of money. We're going to eat the best food. Wherever we're going to go, we're going on vacation and we're happy during that time. Like there's something on the inside of us that's just so full when we're on vacation. Week one passes by, uh, we're, we're around uh, day 10, day 11, day 12, day 13, we start to become a little bit anxious. Why? Because it's time to go back to work. It's time to get back to our normal uh, schedule uh, events. And we start to get sad and uh, we start to, to, to kind of just bicker about having to go to where God has chosen to bless us at our jobs (laughs) or back home to our family or or back home to our kids and we're no longer happy because we've been we've allowed ourselves to become tossed back and forth by circumstances and uh god doesn't want that for your life He, he he has joy for you that despite what you're going through you can be fulfilled you can have peace Um, The difference between happiness and joy, I'm teaching today, so please stick with me. The difference between happiness and joy is, is that joy is internal. Happiness is determined by what happens on the outside that allows you to experience a filling on the inside. And that's a sad place to be in because we live in a broken world and things won't always line up the way that we want them to. So why would I leave my happiness or my fulfillment in the hands of broken things and broken people? But joy, 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 joy is internal. And when you receive Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit, and he gives you joy as you walk with him. And so, um, you know, Jesus, give you some context, and then we'll start teaching Jesus is, um, he's here with his disciples, he's going to go to the cross soon, he's going to die, raise after the third day from death, he's going to stick around for about 40 days, then he's going to go to heaven. And so he's preparing his disciples, and and it's their job to share him to to all of the creatures in the world, uh, to spread the gospel, to spread the good news of all that Jesus has done, and he's going to leave them, and he's going to teach them as to how to remain in him, even though he's not present. He's going to teach them how to be fulfilled, even though he's no longer going to be physically there, healing people, feeding them. Uh, one time, uh, Peter said, man, it's tax season. We, we got we to pay our taxes. We got to file our taxes. And, 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 and Jesus said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And so Jesus sends Peter to the sea to get a fish. He said, go and fish, and, and the and the fish that you catch, there's going to be a coin in there. He's no longer there to, to just do miracles anymore. He's not God in a bot in the flesh to just do whatever he wants to do. The disciples are going to have to work to remain in the presence of God Monday through Monday if they're going to receive and experience everything that God has for them. And today I want to give you a formula for fulfillment because a lot of you, you're working jobs and you're making a lot of money, but you're empty. Yeah. A lot of you, you're, you're with someone or you're dating someone and you're void. You've been asking for a partner and they're not, they're not who they turned out to be. A lot of us are in here, we're single, we're getting impatient with God, and we're void. A lot of us can't stand the fact that we have to serve under... Um, a dishonorable boss or, or, or supervisor who who doesn't believe what you believe who won't give you what you want them to give you and 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 and, and we're, we're void and we 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 want to be the boss but it's, look 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 it's not your season to be the boss it is not your season to be the boss and it's not your place to put your boss in his or hers place it's a quick way to get a pink slip It's not your season to make those sales. It's not your season, but it can be your season to be fulfilled, and we're going to help you out with that today. Anyone want to want to be fulfilled? Want to be fulfilled? Great. I think um, I think the first thing we got to do is think about what we're thinking about. I think we got to start to think about what. We're thinking about. Where so, Pastor? Where is like? Where does Jesus say anything about thinking? <laughs> he says, uh, "Remain in Me as I've remained in the Father. Remain in My love." We'll, we'll we'll get back around to that. I promise. I promise. But I, I want to help you first. We're gonna read a lot more Bible, but we got to help you with your thoughts. And I've had so much, mm, just goodness this week in studying for this message, because I've been very conscious of my thoughts and how much they drive the quality of my life. Yeah, 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 thoughts. You know, uh, science has said that we really don't know where thoughts come from, original thoughts. So you think, I get it, that's because you have a memory bank and your, your mind is just always active. But an original thought that pops up Uh, original thoughts exist in electromagnetic fields outside of you. And what happens is, is because you have neurons and electrons and protons firing off in your brain, these things are able to enter into the mind. And what they become is they become thought bubbles or thought forms. Okay. So when an original thought enters your mind, it first enters your subconscious. So it's there. But, what it's looking for is resonance or um, a memory bank of sorts, your memory bank. Once it travels through your subconscious, it gets to the point in which it's tapped into your conscience mind, and it begins to connect with your memory. So, so science has showed us that we memorize everything that we've ever read, that we ever read, everything that we've ever gone through, we memorize it, the problem is is that we have an issue oftentimes retrieving it when it's time to apply it to a test, but an original thought has no problem with finding a memory. And so what happens is is that once that thought bubble, that original thought hits that resonance, the process of your your mind, your CNS begins to process what to do with it next. Okay, let me put it for example. So you can um you could have had a phenomenal weekend, right? Great week at work the week before, great weekend. You're on your way to work Monday morning. You got your Starbucks or whatever you like, whatever you prefer. How many Starbucks people we got in here? All right, uh bagel, do uh the bagel place, you like bagel better? No bagel? Dunkin' donut coffee. <laughs> Dunkin' donut Oh wow. Wow, we're gonna have some Starbucks and Dunkin' Donut donut wars in here. Um Whatever you got, you got your music going. Uh, Me personally, unfortunately, I've been listening to, uh, 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 I don't really want to share this, but uh, I've been listening to the edited version of Jaden Smith's album. Um, It's it's pretty good, man. Just check it out whenever it gets, the edited version. You know, you can be on your way to work and, and just real good. And before you know it, a thought pops up. You're gonna have a bad day. You're 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 not going to have a great. You're gonna get sick. Or, or why don't you just turn your will towards this next car or drive? You ever had that thought like that, like a, a drive off the cliff thought? You ever had that? A, a jump off this hill thought? You, you ever you ever had a thought of you know for for our spouses in here? You, you should just talk just just flirt a little bit back and forth and and you just you begin to ask yourself where in the world did this thought come from and so that negative thought connects with your memory bank and even though you may have had a great week the past week and a great weekend that original thought is going to connect you to a moment at work be it your present job or your last job or whenever in your career and it's gonna help you to reconnect to the negative feelings and emotions that you had when you experienced it before that work. And the process begins. The CNS has to figure out what to do because the CNS is the hardware. It has to figure out what message it needs to send out to the peripheral nervous system because you get from the thought, the memory, it produces an emotion. That emotion can be sadness, it can be worry, it can be anxiety. And then once you get through the emotion phase, you have to get to the decision phase. All of this, of which I'm talking about over the course of five minutes, actually can happen in three or four milliseconds. You get to the decision phase and then you begin to get to the action phase. This is where a thought has now become sadness and sadness has now become bickering complaining, gossiping. And so what happens is is that the action, I'm getting somewhere today. Please understand this. Please understand this. I'm getting somewhere. And so the action reinforces the original thought that entered into your mind. The thought strengthens the emotion, and the emotion pr- promotes the action. The action, original thought, emotion, decision action and it becomes a vicious cycle of complaining of bickering of worrying of despair of I can't wait to get out of here this relationship these kids this job this life I cannot wait to get there and until I get there I won't be fulfilled and it you just remain in this and this and this and this and a lot of you right now you're currently in a season And you've been there for months, for years. And what we fail to do a lot of times is identify that it all started with a thought. And a lot of times it's not even tangible. It can be bitterness that you're holding in your heart towards a parent who wasn't there. It can be someone that hurt you years ago that you need to let go of so that you can heal. And you you think think you've grown past it. The only thing, unfortunately, is you've grown numb to it. And when you're numb, even if pain hits you, you won't even know it. Why? Because you've remained in it for so long. And it's a thought. And so we have to watch our thought life. Please begin to do this. Think about what you're thinking about. And this is how you do this. You have to start asking those thoughts, where did you come from? Where, where did you come from? Who sent you? What, what is your agenda in my life? Any thought that seeks to tear you down any thought that seeks to diminish your self-esteem, any thought that seeks to say, hey, lay in the bed, be lazy, complain about it, gossip about it, that that is a thought that has been dispatched by the enemy to keep you and push you further and further and further and further away from the will of God in your life. You have to begin to think about what you're thinking about. Don't let These original thoughts have your mind any longer. Assess it. So this week, I've been doing a lot of thinking. And um, it can be a thought about my kids. And I'm so glad I've been studying for this this message because this week I've been able to reverse it. And so what the thought will say is is that your kids are annoying, which I'm like, part of that's true. And don't you just want to send them away to Florida for a little bit, back to your parents? <laughs> but then I, I reversed the thought, and I said, well, it really doesn't make sense to entertain that thought. Because for so long, I've been praying for my kids. Mm, boy. It, it really doesn't make sense to even entertain it. Because if I entertain it, what becomes of it is that, yes, they are an annoyance. I dread waking up in the morning, and then, i.e., the action is to become a poor absent father even though I'm present physically and most if not all of us in here have become victims of a present father yet absent emotionally and absent from the standpoint of affection but guess what it all started in your father with a thought Mm, start to ask your thoughts where have you come from Because a thought is nothing but a seed. Where in the world, where where have you come from? The disciples had a huge calling on their lives. You have a huge calling. You have gifts built on the inside of you. You have a destiny bigger than where you are on the inside of you. You have potential that you haven't even tapped into on the inside of you. And anyone who has a huge calling like you and I will have big-time opposition. And I'm going to tell you, saints, in the year 2018, the war is not going to be waged on the outside. It's going to be waged on the inside of your mind. It's going to be waged in your mind. Think about what you're thinking about. Think about it. Huh, a thought comes in? Hold on, let me think about this. Okay, that's from God. A thought comes in? Mm, feels kind of shaky. Process it. Think about it. Napoleon Hill said this. He says, our brains become magnetized with the dominating thoughts we hold in our minds. These magnets attract to us the forces the people, the circumstances of which harmonize with the nature of our dominating thoughts. Hold on, hold on, Pastor. Hold on. So you're telling me that my thoughts have the power and the capacity to attract my circumstances. I think that's what I'm telling you. Hold on, hold on. You're telling me that my mother and my father never taught me financial literacy. And uh, as a result, I've made a few bad purchases throughout my life. And uh, you're telling me I can start to think myself financially free. That's what I'm telling you. If, if you stick to it. Hold on, hold on. So you're telling me I, I've got a divorce. I've entertained the thought that there is no more hope for me in a marriage. You're telling me that if I would just think myself married with a man or a woman that loves Jesus in a fulfilled marriage, that is possible? I think that's what I'm telling you. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Napoleon just stole from God. That's all he did. (laughs) Your your thoughts attract your circumstances. Therefore, oh, Jesus Christ. Therefore, if you're in a circumstance, your thoughts have the power to repel the negative circumstance. It's all in how you work it. It's all in what you choose to believe. It's all in what you choose to allow to be sown into the crevices of your mind and your soul. Your soul is composed of three things, your mind, your emotions, and your will. So this is how a thought works. It enters into your mind, it works on your emotions, it determines the decision, and it works out in your actions. The, this is why thoughts are so important because it goes from thoughts to decisions, to actions. We didn't go this far, but actions become habits. Habits become your character. Your character determine where you go. And so your thoughts have everything to do with where you are, with how you feel, and with where you're going. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And and so, man, this is it. Paul says this, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We break down every thought and proud thing that puts itself up against the wisdom of God. Catch the wording. So science, let me me educate you here. Science is not discovering anything. Science is only catching up to God. Paul just said that thoughts come from nowhere. He says that these thoughts that you're going to be tempted to believe on, will exalt themselves against, will exalt themselves against the wisdom, the promise, the instruction, the blessing of God over your life. You can't do it. You won't break that habit. You will fall. You will be sick. You will your kids are nothing. You are nothing. Look in the mirror. You are this. You, they will exalt themselves or at least attempt to. And so Paul says we break them down. We break them down. We break them down. Because there are God-given desires on the inside of you. And the reason why you haven't gained traction or progress is because you've entertained the thought. And you've allowed it to exalt itself higher than what God thinks about you. So you got to break it down who I love when Jesus was on the earth. He said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear about half of you are getting this today. And we got about 20 more minutes to go. So tap on in if you're here with us this morning, I'm on an assignment to fix your thought life this morning, not doing anything else. We're fixing those thoughts. And he says this, we take hold of every thought and make it obey Christ. I determined as a young man, um, I determined as a young man that um, even though I was a child of um, uh, two parents whom I loved dearly, who had never gotten married, one had been divorced multiple times, the other had a my older brother on my mom's side she had um my oldest brother from her high school sweetheart um i determined at an early age that the thoughts that the enemy had planted into my mind would not take root and his thoughts were you were you you will never be married i even had thoughts of catching stds but because he, he 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 tried to get me to to adopt an ideology that this is what your family does. And uh, you're gonna be next in line. Even though you're the baby, I'm gonna cut it off with you. And um, I started to get, the know, to get to know the Holy Spirit as I w- read the word of God. And this is one thing that the word of God will do is if you allow it, it will change your thoughts. Romans 12, verse 1 through 2 says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will come to find out that the will of God is good, pleasing, and perfect. So I I got to know, I mean, this was from back in 2011 right here. And and so what I often do is I sit at my table, and this is notes on the Holy Spirit. And uh, a few nicknames that Jesus gave him from John 14 to John 16 Holy Spirit is number one, he's the counselor. Says he provides guidance and direction, and he reminds us of Jesus' instructions and teachings. I love this, it says that he is the spirit of truth. It says that he informs us of the spirit, of of the truth sent from Jesus. It says he guides you in all truth, and he brings glory to Jesus in your life. Oh, I love this part. It says that this is 2011, y'all. It says he's the comforter, <laughs> Ooh. giver of peace, a peace that the world can't give. And he pours out the love of God in our hearts. And it's uncircumstantial. This is just what the Holy Spirit does, if you allow him to. 2011, y'all. And he is a gift from God. He's given to those who have believed about Jesus Christ. Let me just keep going here. Holy Spirit. Man, just, I, I I would change. Let me tell you something. Studied this thing so hard in 2006 the pages start falling out. This is Genesis. I mean, it looks like a Dead Sea Scroll, doesn't it? (laughs) This is Genesis all the way through Exodus, dude. How's he so young and how's God doing so much in his life? Because my thoughts became his thoughts, and when your thoughts become his thoughts, you get god-sized results. Come on, come on, church, come on, 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 come on. You got to think about what you're thinking about. Think about it, and so you have a choice to either, this is my second point, remain in your dysfunction or remain in his love. And and so this is where the verse comes back in. Love, love. I love this. The Greek word here is agape. We talked about this last week. The word means unconditional love. No matter who you are, God loves you. Wherever you are on the scale of of your faith journey, atheist, agnostic, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, Christian, whatever you consider yourself, the Lord loves you. And you don't have to love him. He loves you, period. He's your creator. And he sent his son to die on the cross for you. He loves you. And uh, it doesn't matter what you've done Friday, Thursday, last year, he loves you. The word unconditional also means unrestricted. Um, So you can't condition it. You can't put God's love in a Fiji water bottle, run outside, and say, Yay, I've gotten away from God's love. No, 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 no. Wherever you go, the love of God goes. Whether you're up or down, God's love is there. Um, I got excited a few months back uh, because Judah started school. Oh, sorry. Yes, Judah started school, and um, it gave me three hours to, to, to be free and to do my thing, and I've been able to do that. Um, but I would say about a month ago, I started feeling some kind of way about putting him on the bus. Um, so I would walk him to his bus, and he'd get on, and I'd have a, a moment that I, I'd get a little sad that he was leaving my presence. You know, you see your little baby in his little booty go up the stairs and <laughs> he, he like he literally when the bus is pulling off he waves and you see his hand and you see his head until it just disappears it's it's so moving and and li- his school is a month uh, a month I'm sorry a mile up the road about three minutes from our house I mean it, it, it's up the street but you know you, you get to thinking thoughts like does he got to use the bathroom or is his teacher treating him well and are they wiping his nose, and is he eating a snack, is he hungry, is he tired, is he sleepy? You know, is there a, a gang of bullies, three-year-old bullies that are trying to initiate him into, into his gang? And <laughs> is he gonna come back with a water tattoo when he comes home? Son, like, what's going on here? And I've just come to find out that even though he's left my presence, my love and my affection follows him wherever he goes. My, my, the word agape also means goodwill. So what's really flowing out of me when he's not around is my desire to take care of him, to protect him, to build him up, to provide for him, to love on him and that wherever he goes, my affection follows. As soon as the phone rings, if he needs me, I'm there. And so wherever you go in life, whether you're up or down, black or white, Asian, Hispanic, Indian, rich or poor, good, healthy in the hospital or not, you're broken, you just made the worst decision of your life, you just made the best decision of your life, you're on the mountaintop, you're on the valley low, you're at work, you're at home, wherever you go, that's where the love of God is because it's unrestricted, you can't hold it. No matter the decisions you make, God loves you for you. And he's not out to get you. He's not out to get you. He's out to bless you and to invite you into a paradigm, a paradigm, a mindset that's going to set you on a trajectory of blessing. So God follows me. I'll either remain in my dysfunction, and I mean, it's always following me, or I can turn around and choose to embrace this love. So Jesus said, look, you're going to preach the gospel. You're going to have opposition. You're going to have thoughts that if you're not careful, they're going to drive you places that are going to cause you to be void. But in the decision-making phase, stop, turn, and remain in my love. Before you get to work, oh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing this back. Listen, a lot of you are having a hard time at your job right now. You want to get out so much. Let me, let me, these thoughts won't only oppose you. They will help you nurse passivity. Okay, so, all right, let me, let me, let me build this out. Genesis, the, the serpent, okay? The serpent didn't come to Eve in the form of a direct attack. He came to her, and he got on her side, and he nursed an inward desire that he knew was there because the word temptation means to test what is on the inside. So she was tempted. There was a desire for her to be better, bigger, and t- to know more than God. So Satan didn't say, just eat the fruit. Eat it. Do it. No, he said, hey, hey Eve. You just park, you just parked at work. And he said, look, eat the fruit. And Eve messed up because she said, you can't eat, nor can you touch it. God didn't say you couldn't touch it. That's why it's so important to know your word because Satan knows the word. He said, um. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <clears throat> you're right. And so he said, You won't surely die. He said, because God knows in the day thereof that you eat the fruit, you're going to know just like he knows. Your thoughts are always trying to cause you to think that God is holding something from you or hiding something from you. It's always going to make you think that the grass is greener on the other side. When in fact it became thorns and thistles and we're in the situation we're in today because a thought nursed Eve and helped her. And so she said, hmm, you could be right, a uh, snake that's talking to me. <laughs> and so she bit it. And here comes Adam. Hey, babe, hey. And in that moment, they died. They didn't cease to exist. The word death there means separation. Whew. All right, so this is the deal. Sometimes thoughts won't oppose you. They will help you nurse unhealthy paradigms that prevent true growth and progress in your life. So as long as I can get you on a cycle of complaining and worrying and bickering and doubting, you will never grow or become the person that God has ever intended for you to become. because I've enabled you to nurse your passivity, to nurse your laziness, to nurse your lack of care, all in the name of justification. Mm. Think about what you're thinking about and start to rebuke the thoughts that you nurse. You know when you're wrong and we need to learn to repent so that we can turn in progress in the things that God has for us. So Jesus said this, and John, we're almost done. Is this good? Yeah. All right. I know it's heavy today, but I'm really trying to help. I think we're going to have some special prayer here at the end. Just flow with it. I just, I feel an assignment all my life to break thoughts. A lot of you are being attacked out there by your thoughts. That you're being attacked, and we got to get that Satan, that devil, that thought, up out of your mind so you can be free to be everything that god has called you to be in verse 10 it says this there it is that's good you can praise him for it verse 10 when you obey my commandments you remain in my love just as i obey my father's commandments and remain in his love i've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy yes your joy will overflow This last point here is stop leading and be led. Stop leading and be led. He says, obey what I've said. The word obey there means to follow or to be led. It doesn't mean to stick to a list of rules. It means to be led. And um, what I've come to find out is that as you follow God, there will always be an abundance of what you need. If you follow God, there will always be an abundance of what you need, both internal and external. And so, Jesus said that the Father as the Father I've remained in the Father's love. John 3:35. We're finishing this off in 5 minutes. John 3 verse 35. This is how the father loves Christ. He said, the father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. You see that? The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. I'm going to tell you something real, real, real good. Real good right here. So. Um, this past week I went to Target to uh, buy Jazeel Matt 2K, no no, I'm sorry NBA 2K18 and um, and and it's funny because it was in my basket so I had NBA 2K18 lined up for him I had a I was gonna take him to Cold Stone Ice Cream, but before that, we were gonna go to Chipotle. His three favorite things, video games, Chipotle, Cold Stone Ice Cream. And um, we've been through this time and time and time again about him bringing his his work home for the weekend and throughout the week. And I get a phone call from his mother as I'm about to actually check out. It's his. He hasn't taken hold of it yet, but it's his. And I get a phone call from his mom, and she just simply tells me that Jazeel has not brought his spelling journal home. And we've been through this a million times. A million times. Spelling journal, and he forgot his reading log. And for a minute there, I got a little sad, man, I'm like, man this sucks because as a dad you can't just allow certain things to fly by especially after you have told someone multiple times come on dude and so what I have to do even though I can afford to give it to him (laughs) I have to actually put what I have for him back on the shelf And it's all because he doesn't, or he didn't, at least for that week, trust our instruction. He didn't allow himself to be led into the blessing. I love my son. He's got many things. But the point here is is that the reason that Jesus received everything from God, was because he specialized in trusting the Father. And so I've come to find out in my life when I lead, and we, we talked about this weeks ago, branches are dead. They, they don't produce the things that they were, st- sticks or dead branches. They don't produce the things that they were called to produce. I mean, these guys should have flowers and fruit and all this stuff on them, but they're dead because they detached themselves from the source. They're useful. We're useful, but not to the the primary intent by which we were created. And they're dead because they were detached. So what we have to do is begin to train ourselves to follow, to trust in, to adopt, and to believe in what the Lord is telling us to do. And when we do that, we'll be fruitful. When we do that, we'll be fulfilled. Let me tell you something. Any process that God calls you to is always intended to lead you to fulfillment. And he says, follow my commands. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. I love women, but men, let me tell you something. There's nothing on this earth greater than a man that loves Jesus Christ. There's nothing on this earth greater than a man that loves Jesus Christ, you are nothing if you don't love and if you don't follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are nothing if you don't submit to him, if you don't trust him, if you don't love him. You are nothing. And he loves you. So all this remaining in my love stuff, it can sound very feminine, but let me tell you something. As a man, <laughs> God has many things in store for your life. He shows you how to be a man. He shows you how to be the man your father never was. He shows you how to lead your home, how to get your stuff in order. A real man loves the Lord with all of his soul his heart, his mind, and his strength. A real man stops sleeping around. A real man will stop the alcohol. A real man will stop the drugs. A real man will love Jesus. A real man. I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't care. I'm after something this morning. I'm, I'm after something this morning. I'm after something this morning. <clears throat> and so this is what we're going to do. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are the God of miracles. God, your word declares that your thoughts are not our thoughts, your ways are not our ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are your thoughts and so are your ways. And that when you send your word, it, won't, it will not return to you empty or void. God, you have sent your word this morning. And God, we pray that your word has found a place in our hearts. God, we pray that you would give us the strength to remain in your love. Father God, I pray and I bind up every spirit, every demonic entity that seeks to attack the minds of your people. And we speak freedom and liberty. Lord Jesus, I speak blessing and hope. I speak faith. I speak fulfillment over the lives of your people, Jesus. And God, right now, addictions are being broken strongholds are being broken. God, right now you are releasing destiny and potential into the hearts and the lives of your people in this room. God, I pray that you would give us the strength to leave everything that's holding us from your good, from your love, from your best. Give us the strength to leave it here at your feet in this church today and allow us to leave differently than how we came in. Allow us to leave free. Allow us to leave in power. Allow us to leave in your grace. Allow us to leave with the gifts that you give. Father, I even pray right now for an anointing, a fresh falling of the Holy Spirit in this room. And if anyone is becoming a believer today, fill them right now in the name of Jesus. We are your children, and you love us, and we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.